Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wesley Show. I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wesley. Coming to you live this morning from Houston, Texas at 9 a.m. Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free. And if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, or get reminders of upcoming shows. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can telephone or you can call us using Skype. And after you call, if you want me to open the line and like make a comment or ask a question, hit the number one. Otherwise, you can just listen on your phone. I want to also remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics and spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. Perhaps it's more correct to say the changes we're in the middle of, not necessarily the ones that are coming, but that we're on the best of. I've been sending out this free newsletter for 12 years, and so if you want to sign up for that, you can go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I don't share email addresses ever with anybody because your privacy is important. We've got a show today that um, was oddly triggered by a lot of synchronistic events. We're calling it Happy Cosmic Times. I I don't know about you, but I'm strongly feeling the energies that are coming in right now, and it feels emotionally pretty rough, especially that Gemini new moon eclipse. You know, there are three eclipses in a short period of time here. From June 1st to July 1st, there's a solstice and three eclipses. Pretty unusual. And... um, Monday, right after, well, Monday, I went walking in the woods and almost uh, upon starting a path I I don't normally travel out in the woods, I literally tripped over a coral snake. And So if you're paying attention, there are signs and portents of cosmic transformation all around because snakes are, of course, symbolic of transformation. And right now what I'm feeling is like I was feeling for a couple of months prior to the two big earthquakes in Chile and Japan. I I don't know what's coming, but something's on its way. And I remind myself frequently that we all stood in line to be here. As souls, as spirits, we stood in line to be incarnate upon the earth at this time. So for that reason, I think everything that's happening is really exciting. Um, I was listening to Coast to Coast for a uh, one night while Graham Hancock was on, and he's of the same opinion as I am, that we are opening to perceiving other dimensions. And I'm told that the word density is more accurate. That's a more accurate description of what we've been calling dimensions. And he thinks, like I do, that UFO contact may just be that kind of an experience. They're with us in the same space, but vibrating at different frequencies. Therefore, they uh, exist in different densities. And I say this about densities because I've been told by extra-dimensional beings that that's the proper term and that if we use the proper terms, it's easier for us to conceptualize the reality that we're merging with. Um, so what's the whole point of everything we're experiencing right now? To get to get finally to understand and maintain being steadily in our joy so that we can attract what we want no matter what's going on around us, what we want, not what we don't want. The more you get into worry and fear, the more you're going to attract more of that. If you're focused on it, the universe thinks, oh, he or she likes that. That's why they're thinking about it. That's just how the the law of attraction works. You must be thinking about it because you want it. 
And so um, with that in mind, I, I want to uh, call a couple of people who are are interested in this subject as well and the kinds of things that have been going on. And, um, and we're all going to be talking. And if anybody wants to call in and contribute, I'll be watching um, to see if anyone's done that. And in a minute, I'll turn on the chat. Now, I don't watch the chat constantly because it's impossible to watch that and keep up with the conversation. But anyway, first I'm calling Dana. She lives here in Houston. And I'm going to call Joan, who lives in um, Hot Springs Village. Okie doke. Hello? Hey. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. So, yeah. did you get that thing that vortex closed? We were that portal closed we were talking about yesterday. I worked on it. Um, I was really tired when I got home, and I worked on it. Um, I couldn't find my coonsite. Um, well, do you feel like you got it closed anyway? Yes, I did call in. Um, the um, angels and uh, Michael Archangel. and Archangel and Michael. Asked, yes, yeah. and I asked for assistance in helping me with that, and so they instructed me. Excellent. So you may not have needed the kunzite. That might just be uh, an extra thing that some people need, because I bet if you needed it, you would have found mm-hmm. it. So let me yes. tell everybody what we're talking about is that uh, Dana and I had lunch yesterday, and um, we figured out by talking about some things that have been going on that there was an open portal, which is kind of like a wormhole. Um, I'm not really certain exactly how this happens, but I know they happen all over the place, where entities can come in, and I'm talking about the dark energies, uh, can come in and um, flood out into the world. It's like a you know like a leak in a pipe, sort of, and they just go wherever they want to go. And so I, we kind of... I channeled a um, a technique for closing portals and so she went home to do it and do you feel like it's closed? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to post that on on, uh, my newsletter page on hotpinklotus.com so that people can close if they suspect that there is an open portal um, that uh, dark energies can flood in and bug people and make them feel bad because they feed off negative emotions is what they do. So if, um, everybody's got the right to close those things wherever they find them. That's so, a good idea. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put them there. Anybody who wants to find out how to do that, I'll, I'll post that sometime today, probably this afternoon, hotpinklotus.com. So anyway, we're going to talk about the cosmic times we're going through. We're going to talk about the um, eclipses and the solstice and so have you had any observations since that first eclipse, which was June the 1st? Anything going uh, on? Yes. It before? seems like I feel it's, uh, a lot more spiritual energies around me. And one of the experiences that I have had is seeing these little, I'll, I'll feel a presence when I'm in my house, and then I'll see out of my peripheral vision 
a little wisp of smoke, you know, sort of like a little wispy cloud in the sky. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I look straight at it, of course, it disappears. But I feel the presence with me, and I've seen that several times um, just in the past few weeks. So that's a shift. In other words, there's yes. more of that going on than normally goes on. Because you've yes. been seeing spirits uh, for a long time, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, and emotionally for me, it's been really rough. That first one, the one in um, June the 1st, which is in Gemini, which is in my mm-hmm. fifth house, for some reason it was just kicking my backside. Then there was another one, July 15th, which was Wednesday, day before yesterday, and it was in Sag, and that hasn't had that kind, Sagittarius, I mean, and that hasn't had that kind of effect on me that the one in Gemini did. Sagittarius is in my uh, house of friends, and Gemini is creative projects, children, and uh, lovers, among other things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not sure why the Gemini one kicked my hiney the way it did, but it certainly did. So I bet it is, though, for a lot of other other people. Um, so I tell you what I'm going to do next is open the chat. I promised I would do that, and we'll see if anybody's got any um, comments. Give them a chance to. Oh, this silly thing takes a long time to open up, so I'm going to leave it there. Okay, I'm waiting for that chat to open. And so, you know, I think I'll call Joan. I don't think you've talked to Joan before. She's been on the show a couple of times. So when you feel like the portal is closed... How does it feel different, Dana? Hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking. It was just really the experience that I had um, while it was closing. I could see uh, a spiral in the bottom of my tub. It was actually in my tub and uh, in my bathroom. The it sort of turned into, it was violet color, and it turned into more like a um, tornado, I guess. It lifted up out of my bathroom, and it got larger, and then it was like it just sucked down into the bottom and disappeared, and that it was closed. Yeah, so basically what we did was, introduce violet flame and spin it in the opposite direction that a, one of those portals would spin. So you could just sort of see it in your mind's eye happening then, right? Yes. Oh, so. I can also feel it. I could feel it in my body. Oh, yeah, I envy that ability. I don't feel that much. I see in here, but I, I don't feel it as much. Okay, I'm going to dial Joan and see what she has to say about the eclipses. Hello. Hi, Joan. Joan, Dan is on on the phone with us, and she's a good friend of mine of many, many years. And we were just talking about yesterday we came across um, 
the information that she had an open uh, portal in her mm-hmm. house where some energies were coming in, and um, I channeled a way to uh, close it, and she went home and did it. So I'm thinking that has to do with the eclipses somehow, that it seems to me that the energies that are coming in right now are allowing more and more of us, and I think you alluded to this when you said we're entering the fifth dimension, we're seeing stuff we used to not be able to see before, even though it was already there. Right. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're becoming more conscious. And the other thing that I I believe that these all of these eclipses and all of this energy coming in um, has two aspects to it. One is for transformation, and the other, it, it comes in with great love, aspects of great love for heart opening uh, for yourself and the journey that you have opted to take in this life. Um, but because, you know, it the energies are so powerful for transformation, it's going to stir up all of those things that are out of alignment uh, within ourselves and within our environment. And those negative energies are fighting for their life. So they can be quite intense when they present Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. And so if we have outstanding material that we connect into with our emotional bodies as well as our thoughts, um, it can be quite intense. Um, But these are are great blessings to clear out the system so that we can be more um, in alignment with our divine nature and step into that full fifth dimension fully and completely. So what does that mean? I mean, can you... Is there any way to know before we step into it what what that means, what it's going to look like or feel like? Because I have my ideas. I'm wondering what, what you think or what you're... Well, I think it's a gradual thing, actually. I don't think, you know, personally that one day you think one way and the next day you're, you know, totally 180 degrees different. I think there's a sequential order to things. And I think that there's awarenesses that come with these energetics and uh, where your soul begins to come more to the forefront and lead and guide you so that the thoughts that you think very gradually change and become more in alignment with that soul presence. And then your emotional body responds to those thoughts in a more positive way. So you will find yourself, if you have issues with, like, say, anger or fear, that those are less and less dominant in your life experience because you're you're beginning to think and feel different. So I, I think it's an evolution, a gradual mm-hmm. evolution, but it's impacted by all these energies that have been sent in through the Godhead that hasten and swiften that um, escalation. So that's why we feel sometimes that we're on this huge roller coaster and some of these energies are very intense. I mean, I find myself wanting to nap. I get exhausted. Mm-hmm. Me too. 
that sounds so familiar because I'll, I'll just feel so sleepy for a few days just out of the blue. Right. But that really resonates with me because it's been my experience uh, also that things will go along for a while and then I'll get a big bump up. And this month has been a big bump up <laughs> for me. Yeah. I do yeah. think that it, it does evolve over time. Um so that that's very interesting. That has been my experience. Yeah. Um, it evolves over time, and, and yet it's speeding up. That evolution is speeding up. So it's not a yeah. sudden. A sudden one morning you wake up and you're seeing all the. Uh, although some people do have sudden psychic awakenings and always have, but for the most part, it's something that's maybe getting faster. But it's not like you wake up one day and suddenly everything's different. Right. But no, that's kind of right. what you're saying, right? Yeah, and also but, yeah, you can't negate these are, are, pardon, these big solar flares are contributing to it as well. To oh all yeah, it's the amount of light. It's it's changing the electromagnetic fields and also the way in which um, gravi- the gravitational pulls are aligned. So that opens up more space for the light to be present. On your, on this planet and in your life, when third dimension was fully installed in the consciousness of this planet, the electromagnetic fields reflected that. So the amount of light, the waves of light, were very limited on what we could receive. So it held and kept that dimension in play. That's what it was designed to do. But mm-hmm. as we have many of us that have been working for years have opened our consciousness, it provided an opening in that electromagnetic field so that we could receive more light, and then it opened it further. It opened our consciousness and our experience. So these are quite wonderful times that we live in. Yeah, really, really exciting. Very uh, exciting. Some of the things I've been noticing is that more and more people seem to be becoming aware of the thing that I feel like I've been stomping around preaching with, you know, beating on a book and on the street corner acting crazy with disheveled hair. I mean, because I've been (laughs) (laughs) be careful what you focus on because you're going to get more of it. And if we focus on something as a group, in other words, if you email out these fear-based things or post them on Facebook or Twitter, you're getting other people focused on fear-based things. Like, for example, when we had this spill in the Gulf and all these people were focusing on, you know, doom and gloom, it's the end of the world because of this spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, If enough people focus on something, they can make it happen. But the plan has changed so that we're not not likely to bring in a, a dark, thing, but we are in control as a group of how much um, chaos we have to go through to get from here to there. However, I heard something. I was just awake long enough last night to hear somebody talking on Coast to Coast about, I don't remember his name now, but he was saying that uh, something I'd heard before that there was a um, an experiment where a bunch of rabbis were told to pray for a group of people in the hospital 10 years ago. 
to see if you could affect things in the past. And they they had a double-blind experiment. Nobody knew which people were going to get better and which weren't, just how many people had a blood disease and were in the hospital. This was in London, I think. Um, in the hospital 10 years ago with a blood disease. And these rabbis prayed over all of them, and what they uh, prayed over a certain number, and then there was a control group that was not prayed for. What they found when they went in and studied and looked to see who got better and who didn't, the ones who were prayed over got better, even though they were prayed over 10 years later. Well, I knew this a long time ago because I read it in one of Lynn McTaggart's books. I think it was The Intention Experiment. But what this guy said next blew my gaskets. He said, for all we know, there are thousands or millions of people in the future praying for us now. Oh, I believe that. And I went, oh, my gosh. It never occurred to me. I thought we had to do it all, all by ourselves, you know, in terms of humanity. Right. Right. But. No, we're all part of a massive whole. Mm-hmm. A whole, you know, Not limited creation. by time. No, we aren't, and we really don't understand time as it is configured in higher dimensions. And all of that, you know, I believe it's all happened simultaneously. And we just don't, we can't get, we can't get our our mind around that. Right. I know it intellectually, but I still haven't had that big aha moment where I really get it. No, I I haven't either. You know, I, I believe it, but... You know, I, there again, I can't really fathom how that operates. And it's really not necessary. No. Some part of us does. Yeah. The personality doesn't have to get it necessarily. Necessarily. So, yet, we will later, I think. <laughs> so, I want to, this is what's popping into my head right now, and it's talking about ascension. Chime in, Dana, if you have a comment at any point. Just interrupt. That's the only way we can do it. Uh, I'm just listening. (laughs) We can't see each other's faces, so we just kind of have to jump in. Um, So I was thinking about ascension, and I, I, for a long time, was under the impression that um, there, and that word means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but that uh, one of the things that is a result of this process we're calling ascension is that some people will not physically die, but they will raise their frequencies of their physical body to the point that it becomes a light body. And I was under the impression that either that happened or you died, and it was either or. However, I've been reading a book about uh, the human light body, and there is another option, and one of the one option is that some people, and this has happened in Asian countries a lot because they have structures to help people, um, societal structures to help people focus on this sort of thing, um, that you can die physically, and then there are certain monks who have been covered with, for some reason, yellow silk cloths, and left covered their bodies after they passed away, their bodies covered for a couple of weeks, and the cloth gradually shrinks down, 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 because the body is, the physical body is being absorbed into a light body over a two-week period post-mortem. Oh, my. And there's never, yeah, there's never any smell, and all that's left 
hair and fingernails, toenails. That's it. Mm. And that this has happened a lot, only it's very, um, it's kept kind of quiet because it's considered a part of the culture in many of these older Asian um, cultures. Uh, And that there were some, there were some uh, caves in Tibet where it happened a lot. The energy was there. A frequency, you know how a frequency can happen in a certain location? Right. A, a frequency had been set by several people doing that, ascending either pre- or post-mortem in these caves in Tibet, which were destroyed by the Chinese, most of them, blown up um, when the Tibet was invaded by China. But that there are other lo- locations that are being kept secret where they still hold that kind of energy. So, is that interesting or what? And what do you think about ascension? Do you think that it it means that, or do you think it means more, or does it have a multiplicity of meanings? What do you think? Dana, do you? Dana, would you like to? Would you like to comment? I'm still trying to wrap my head around this because um, I have read a lot about it, and. What it feels like to me is, I've read some things where ascension is either you ascend or you don't. I mean, there's no there's no ladder to climb. I don't understand that. Um, It feels to me that we're in the process. It's more of a process, and I don't. So I don't know if those two um, things conflict or if if they're both true uh this is new to me so i'm still kind of searching and trying to understand well for me i think that that's another one of those mysteries that we don't fully comprehend in this state of consciousness and i think Ascension has to do with states of consciousness, and I think there are various levels of ascension according to your state of consciousness. And I think that because you are eternal, that there are various ascensions that you take and that you are constantly evolving. Now, how that... I think that when you are able to create a light body or an Adam Cadman body, that you have more flexibility in negotiating these different dimensional realms, especially in the physical realm. But I really don't fully comprehend how all that works. But I think it's, it's more than what we think. It's just not leaving this realm or this world with our body there's much more that is concerned with that and why that happens or why you would choose as a soul to 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 do that yeah to take the physical body that's the part that is so fascinating to me is what do we need with it I mean, I realized I mean I've read in many locations that you have more flexibility in the expanded realms if you have taken your physical body with you 
and turned it into a light body. Right. Is that what you're calling the Adam Kadman body? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The light um, body is part of that Admin Kadman. That's the elevated um, physical representation that is doesn't have the limitations that our body that we know as our body has. Mm-hmm. Well, what if we're not so, receiving? What if we're just it, entering a different frequency and taking our physical body with us for whatever reason, And but we're still actually here and we can still see all of this, but it can't necessarily see us? Right. So there's just so much to that that they that we do not understand or know. Mm-hmm. And as we proceed in this integration of fifth dimension and open our consciousness to other realms, then we'll be able to understand that more fully. But I think that we just do not get the intricacies and the massiveness of who we are Mm -hmm. as a spiritual being and how that all um, takes place. I I just think that we, we can only see pieces and parts from a very limited perspective because we're still associating us with our bodies. In that limitation, but so what I think I hear you saying is, we for well for a very long time we've talked about dimensions and raising our vibrations and you know as we evolve, um, but there is so much has been so much talk about ascension for the past few years that there's so much more to it, even though we're having so much trouble understanding it on a physical level. um, It's like adding another piece to the puzzle of raising the vibrations and consciousness, raising our consciousness. And, And we are ascending. We're doing a massive ascension out of third through fourth into a fifth-dimensional consciousness for a planet, which is huge. Yes, it is. It's very exciting. (laughs) It it most certainly is. I mean, I have been, in the last few weeks since all of this energy has been pouring in in this month of June, I have never felt that excitement in my whole entire life that I have been feeling inside of myself in the last few weeks. And it's it's quite wonderful. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I I had sent, uh, Joan, I had sent you that silly thing about, you know, that was on, that I had seen on Facebook, some link to a, a woe is, one of those woe is me emails, the sky is falling yeah. emails, the sky is falling. Yeah. And as I was reading it, I started laughing. It's the first time I've not gotten angry because people are focusing on this. I started laughing, and I stood up in front of my computer and started dancing. I kept on reading the thing, and I started laughing and dancing and humming. And I thought, what am I doing? Have I lost my mind? (laughs) I I was putting energy of, isn't this silly, into that website. I really think yeah. that's what I was doing, but my conscious mind wondered what my body and you know wondered what I was doing 
But I was having so much fun with it, and I thought, this is exciting. I can transcend even this nastiness and get above it, you know, which was a first for me. I usually get really upset and go, no, 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 don't do that. But then I started laughing. That's what I I When I talk to other people and they have the fear-based doomsday and then just personally all the emotional upheavals that I feel, it's like, bring it on. (laughs) We're we're getting closer, we're getting closer. Let's deal with this stuff and get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. And move right on up. And here's another thing is even if there were some asteroid headed in our direction, what I've discovered from working with uh, groups, like there's a, a forum of body talkers, and we about five or six years ago collectively decided we were going to move a hurricane that looked like it was going to hit Sarasota, Florida, which is the headquarters of Body Talk. We decided we'd just push it off to the side. And one of the um, people who was on the forum said, well, my mother, who lives in the town where it finally hit, said thanks a lot. And we got it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Boca Raton or something. Uh, But... uh, And that was when a lot of us went, oh, it's not okay. Even though we can, as a group, get together and push a hurricane somewhere, it's not okay to do that. So what I started doing was focusing energy on, you know, hurricanes swirl counterclockwise. I started focusing energy on the hurricanes and swirling it clockwise. And a couple of times I've watched that take it like a Class 3 hurricane down to a Class 1. And the reason I mentioned hurricanes is because I live so close to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And they're important down here. <laughs> we we care where they go and how fast they are when they hit. Um, but that works, just counter Yeah, that's a and great thing to do, and you're not interfering with anything. You're not harming anyone. No. But as a group, it's even more powerful if we focus on that. So if we can focus on weather, I mean, I've I've also, laugh if you want, made it rain, with only one other person and one time all by myself. Um, So apparently controlling weather is not that hard. So -hmm. if we can do that, if people can do that, well, we could all get together and focus on anything else and move it out of the way, even if it were an asteroid. Because we're creator gods and we tend to forget that. Yes, we, we do. We may mouth those words, yeah. but we don't get it. That as a group, we can focus. Anybody who wants to read about that, there's a really good book called The Intention Experiment by Lynn McTaggart, and it totally explains it. I mean, she works with some nuclear physicists and or subatomic physicists and explains why this works, why our focus yeah. group consciousness controls our environment. Exactly. Well, and it, right. can, it controls the the collective consciousness the dimensional or the density that that collective consciousness um, remains in. Because if that consciousness is, the collective is focused on the separation and the denseness, that's what is being manifested and held in play. But as more and more begin to focus on another reality or another way of thinking and being, then that that possibility opens up more and more and more. Yeah, and I don't think it takes a whole lot of people. Um, no, yeah, I think we'd be surprised, actually. You know, we think that 
we have to have thousands and thousands engaged. Well, that that would be nice. Um, but I don't think it takes as many as we think. Right. Okay. I just checked the. Um, I just checked the chat and looks like there's somebody. Let me see. What phone number is it? Three one seven. I'm not seeing a phone number, Mountain Diva, that says three one seven. Let me look again. I'm talking to somebody. Mm-mm, I'm seeing a three o five. That's it. I guess she had to hang up. It's really hard to look at the chat constantly, read that, and still have a conversation, you know, and follow what's going on. Um, Yeah. um, So, let's see. Let me take a look at this. Okay. Um... So let me look back on, uh, apparently there's been a lot of chat going on. I didn't know it was there because I was busy making a conversation with you guys. So let me see if uh, the one that ends with 1305, if this person has something to say. Hi, you there? Yes, I am. Uh, this is Diana. I call you whenever I have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the conversation. I got the book. I haven't read it throughout the intention experiment, but I will uh-huh. endeavor to do that. And um, I love your show. I'll call in as long as I have the time to do that. Okay. Do you have uh, questions or comments right now? No. Okay. Not quite. Thanks for being here. Okay. All right. So... Here's a question. I want to know if cremation interferes with moving into the light body when you die. Can you just get to the light body when you die and it not take two weeks? That's not my understanding. My understanding is that, yes, cremation will interfere with that, which is why the monks would be covered with the cloth. Now, if you want to read the book I was talking about, the book is written by Mitchell Earl Gibson, and it's called The Human Light Body. The human light body, and it talks about these monks who have taken their body into the light body state. So yes, um, you do not want to be cremated if you are planning on ascending post mortem. <laughs> However, I'm not sure that we're all in control of that consciously. But you know, I'm planning on telling my kids not to cremate me should I pass away before I've taken myself into the light body. What do you think? Joan, you have any thoughts about cremation? I, I really, I think it. I don't know. I actually hadn't really thought about it to tell you the truth. Um, um, I, I don't know. It, I think it'd be real tricky in in our culture to allow a body to stay for three weeks without. It would you'd have to have somebody who promised that they would take care of you? Two weeks, actually, is what I heard. But or yeah, two weeks, be, but. Because of the laws um, that we have mm-hmm. in the, you know in our culture in regards to that, to allow the body to be undisturbed for that length of time, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure with some care you could probably do that. But um, I really hadn't um, focused any attention on that. 
I'm putting on the. I chat. know some cultures, you know, they that is part of their culture to cremate the bodies, and they believe yep. that it goes back into the ethers. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, the soul does, yeah. But if you're trying to ascend, ascend with your body, yeah, with your body, uh, post mortem. Yeah. I right. don't think you can ascend if it's burned. I mean, that, well, that's why they would... Right, because you've destroyed the vehicle. Yep, you've destroyed it. So I, I really don't... Um, I don't know. Um, that's a good question, and I will research it, but I have a feeling that if cremation were possible... Uh, that it would say so in that book by Mitchell Gibson. Uh-huh. Well, I guess when we ascend, we'll, we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some people are really worried about this, though. Apparently, uh, this conversation has gotten a couple of people worried. Really? Yeah, that's what it looks like on the chat. I'm trying to answer a couple of them on the chat because I went to the... Uh, Look at the phone. There's another complete different page here I have to look at to see who's calling in. But let me go ahead and answer her. Okay, let me go over here and see if anyone else has called in. No, they haven't. Okay. Yeah, that that would be an interesting conversation. Well, it would be, and um, I've got that book in there. And if and and I'll I'll just email Mitchell Gibson. I mean, he'll answer me. Um, Uh, I guess I've been so um, concentrating. um, I really, I I really feel it's important to live in the present moment, also. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so I've been really concentrating on my day to day. Um, living on on the way I'm thinking and the way I'm feeling and and trying to get that in full alignment with my day-to-day because that's really where you create is in in the present time. So I I really try to stay focused on that and let the rest take care of itself. I think some of the things that um, I have read and... and, um, how it feels to me is that there are so many out there that are so fearful of making the right step. You know, I must do this, I must do that, I can't do this, or, you know, to ascend. And Uh I think it is so much bigger than that, and it's all about love. And I, I don't think that there's, that all of that is involved. It certainly can't involve any fear. Right. Mm-hmm. So if people are fearful about what to do after they die, they're kind of, it's like, what? Well, it's about preserving. I mean, if you're coming from a fear base, I think it's about preserving um, your physical existence or your physical body because you're fearful of what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's... Uh, I guess that makes me think about. Go ahead. It makes me think about ancient cultures too, like the Egyptians and and some of the other cultures, and the way the rituals that they had of burying their their dead, uh, even 
in Asia, China, and preparing for an afterlife. Right. Well, and a lot of people are going to reincarnate. I mean, it has nothing. It doesn't matter whether you're cremated or not, or buried or not. If you're going to reincarnate, we were just talking about ascension. But the the bottom line is, no matter how your body is handled after you pass over, you are still alive. You are a light being. You are immortal. Mm-hmm. And so, if you know, you take off the body just like you take off a suit of clothes. Right. So we don't. No one needs to be worried or frightened about should I cremate my mother or keep her in the refrigerated drawer at the morgue for two weeks and see what happens. Or we're talking about people who have been meditating a long time and doing their spiritual work and are ready to ascend. Uh, but we're not necessarily saying that no one should be cremated anymore. It's just like we need to keep in mind that we are we are light beings who are immortal, and we take off the physical body just like we would take off a suit of clothes. And some people are going to turn that suit of clothes into light as well. But I don't want anybody to um, get frightened by this conversation or worried right. about what to do with their family members. Well, you know, I have um I have heard from other friends or I don't know, from other places that um the reason for taking your body with you is that you have more flexibility in a light body than you do in spirit. And it takes a lot of focus and energy to create another body to um, say another physical body to experience in form in full consciousness. So those who who want to take their body with them in the form of a light body um, then can focus on other other things. I mean that was a comment that was made to me some years back. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know I I think it's just whatever you choose is your path of expression as a as a a being of light wherever we are going with our raising our consciousness uh it seems like we won't all get there together at the same time we're all on the same path and we'll all get there mhm and everybody's got a different way to get there, but all roads lead to Rome. In other words, we're yeah, all yeah. going to the same source, yeah. and then there are many different and ways to get there. To get there, and it's an unending journey. I think, you know, that for me, I have to get that out of my head, that there's no end. There's no, I have arrived. Yes. And And I don't need to think about this anymore. You are ever evolving. Mm-hmm. So it some are at different places because the creative uh, creation is so vast that we can't even comprehend how all that works. Right. So um, although we'd like to, we'd like to put it mm-hmm. in little boxes <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so we could access it at any time, little file folders. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, so I think we've we pretty much talked to the light body <laughs> question as far as we can take that. <laughs> and, you know, I apologize for the distraction of trying to keep up with the chat um, because I had no idea there was so much confusion and upset going on in the chat. So I'm not looking at it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I need somebody to watch the chat for me is what I, I need and, you know, be a second person on the show that does that. And um, I had that for a while, but now she's doing something else on Friday mornings. And so I apologize. I can't do both and, and uh, carry on a conversation, too, as you may have noticed. So... Um, isn't it awfully unusual to have three eclipses in one month, Joan? I don't remember this ever happening before. I don't remember a lot of things, Lois. <laughs> but I would think <laughs> that the impact of these energies coming in and the significance of in three <laughs> is very significant. But what that exactly is, I don't know. I and I have felt... Pardon? Go ahead, I, I, I do um, have a question. Because of the eclipses, uh, there's been so much that's happened this month. Uh, I believe it was last week that they had one of the largest uh, solar flares ever recorded. And I wanted to ask if uh, what the significance of that one might be at this time. Say that again. There last week there was one of the largest solar flares recorded, and it seems like there's so many with the eclipses, and there's so much happening this month that I would I was wondering what the significance of that energy, that solar flare, at this time being so large. Does anybody have any ideas on that? why we had a solar eclipse that was so large at this time. Well, there was a great big flare, and it was in between two of those eclipses, right? Or was it at the same time? No, I think it was in between. Yeah. It was gigantic. It was 75 times the size of the Earth. And, you know, I think here's one of my beliefs, is that the sun is a conscious being, okay, that Mm -hmm. suns and stars are conscious beings. And that they are sending energy to the planet, um, especially our own sun around which we revolve, sends energy to the planet to assist in the changes that we're going through. I can't say I understand. And my understanding, okay, one thing I keep hearing from a lot of different sources is that it affects the electromagnetic grid, Mm -hmm. which we know is changing and which shifts. Ever so much right before a hurricane, right before a um, one of those big earthquakes, which then sends the North Pole another degree down in down into Russia. Right. And it's interesting that Edgar Casey said back in the 1930s that when the pole shifted, it would wind up at 17 degrees further south than where the North Pole would be. 17 degrees further south down into Russia, and it's at 16 degrees right now, and it shifts every time there's a major earthquake by one degree. So I figure we've got one more to go. And right before those big earthquakes happen, I get this emotional sort of thing going that I've been, I was feeling right after that uh, June 1st eclipse 
um, that seems to sync up with the grid loosening up right before the one of the shifts. And so I don't know if there's an earthquake coming or if the next shift is going to be all by itself. I don't know. I don't know um, for those 17 or those first 16 degrees. I don't think there was an earthquake every single time. Um, but we've only got one more degree to go, and then the poles are going to be realigned. Right. Which, of course, will change where we are in relationship to the North and South Pole. In terms, wherever we live, we will have shifted on the globe to another right. location. So, I think that's why weather's been kind of funny lately. We've had really cold winters, and I'm only a few fifty miles from the Gulf. Really cold winters and really hot summers lately. Yeah. So, I think that that explains part of it. I do, I do too, and I think that. You know, those solar flares are intended to open that magnetic grid to enable the planet to incorporate more of the light templates that are being given to us to expand our consciousness and the way in which we operate in our physical life. And it affects everything. It affects the the Earth itself, and you have all the, all these different shifts and Earth changes, changes in weather. So mm-hmm. it it can't help but affect all of it. Right. So I think that it's with intention that that gets created from the higher realms of light, the higher realms of creation from the Godhead. Yeah, there's, uh, what religion, or do you know, Joan, what discipline or religion is it that teaches that the energy gets stepped down from the Godhead or the creator source through different um, entities before it comes to us and that the sun is one of those? Helios, I mean, a lot of religions are... um, have have said that the stars are conscious beings, that as you evolve you become bigger and have more responsibilities and people who are beings who are uh, the conscious being inside of the earth, Gaia, or the sun, Helios. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that these are beings that are highly evolved, that used to be something else. So uh-huh. there are religions right i mean i've heard that for so many years i really don't know where I've well i think it you know different um religions have a different take on how that all happens whether it's through a being or a planet or a star system um i think there's different takes on that but specifically i don't have i don't know Now, I do know some of the information that um, I uh, have been channeling for um, Mastering Alchemy and Jim Self talks about the rays of creation and that the first ray, even though they aren't really consecutively numbered, holds the consciousness or the um, intent of the Godhead or of Source and the original schematic for all creation. And the second ray 
is that stepping down mechanism that allows that to come into our realms. So there is, I mean, I do believe there is a stepping down mechanism that is in operation. However, we're able to see that so to make it more usable because it would be like us trying to plug our 110 thing in a, in a, a 220 line. Yeah. Because so we need the a transformer inter- to step it down. To step it down. So mm-hmm. I think various cultures that. know that. And, um, you know, what what we've been given through this particular project has to do with the different rays of creation and what they are and how they're used. Yeah. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation. We've got about five minutes left. Is there anything that either of you feels we need to cover in this next um, five minutes? Well, I I would just like to encourage everyone to stay as centered in these times as you can and because you're really going to – everyone is tempted – through fear because it's fear of the unknown and what is happening that we don't buy into that and buy into those lower energies um, and become frustrated but to stay as centered as you possibly can and do whatever is necessary to achieve that centeredness I like that I do too, because I just steer away from the fear. This, this is a wonderful time, and I know that we all chose to come here not knowing uh, maybe the, the potential of it, but not knowing for sure. And it's very exciting. I think we need to stay in the positive and in the love energy and the joy energy and let go of the fear. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I fully agree. And, of course, you know, private contemplation time, meditation, prayer, all of those help you to stay out of that negativity. Mm -hmm. And choose what you're going to read and what you're going to subject yourself to. If you know an environment Mm -hmm. is very negative and not conducive to you holding your center of peace, why would you go there? You know, right. make decisions for yourself that enhance your advancement in your consciousness rather than decisions that detract from it. So I think it's also the other thing of it is is to be very discerning in these times about what you're going to read, mm-hmm. what you're going to subject yourself to. Who you're going to talk in, to. You're going to talk to what media you're going to in in embrace or read or listen to. If it's going to set up fear inside of you or any negative response, why would you do that? It hinders your ability to hold joy, peace, mm-hmm. well-being, and that's what all this is about: is to achieve that. 
Exactly. Stay in your joy. Right. Stay in the moment, in your center. And discern what is not conducive to your ability to to do that. And then make a decision not to participate in it. It's sort of like what, what we focus on is what we bring to ourselves. So not yeah. focusing on all the fear and the end-of-the-world prophecies and things that are out there right now because uh, so much is being stirred up and just focusing on the good, the the love, the joy, those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I just spoke to someone yesterday and we got into a conversation about all that has been happening, and she started quoting from the Bible about <clears throat> the world coming to an end and, you know, the steps, this happened and then this happened. And I can see how some uh, could perceive it that way, but it also could very much be seen in a totally different way, that it's just our, it's writing itself, the earth is writing itself, the weather and uh and there Bringing were also everything these, into alignment with our new consciousness. Yeah, and there were yeah. these doom and gloom prophecies once upon a time, a long, long time ago, and we have gone past those. They're no longer valid because we're on a different timeline, and what we're doing right yeah. now is creating the future, and I think there are a lot of people that don't know about that. They There's don't. still people out yeah. there who don't know that. <laughs> Seriously. And they're, they're and right now. You know, you can't change their mind. There are some that are no. so installed in that. Yes. That you, you know, you can't ch- make a change there. That's not mm-hmm. yours to do. Yeah. Right. So, you, um, you that's another thing you have to discern when to open your mouth, when it's productive and helpful, and when it falls on deaf ears and only creates more fear. So, that's another you know, thing of discernment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we've run over our time now, and it's being recorded, but no one can hear us until they go back in and play the recording. So I'm thinking it's time to say thank you to both of you, and I think we had a really interesting conversation. And yeah. um, Well, thanks for inviting me, Lois. Enjoyed it. It was a great conversation. Yeah, Hopeful, I, I hope it was helpful to all your listeners. And it was helpful to the people who are open to what we're talking about. And there there was yes. one person on the chat. <laughs> I heard what you said about, you know, be careful who you pay attention to because I shouldn't have even answered the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was in prove it, prove it mode and hostility. And so um, anyway, he is where he is. So um, thank you both. And let's do it again sometime soon. Okay. It was fun. And I'm going to say goodbye to everybody now. Thanks to all the people who came to listen to this show. I appreciate you all. And thank you, Dana. And thank you, Joan. You're most welcome, Lauren. You're welcome. Yeah. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay.